These are my confessions. The Iced Coffee Confessions with Suzette. Hello, loves. Welcome to the latest episode of the Iced Coffee Confessions with me, your girl, Suzette. I am so excited to be recording my second podcast of the year. I know many of you are like, what? Like she's back in like multiple, (laughs) multiple podcasts in a year. And I know that this is a judgment free zone because it is my podcast, but I'm excited, right? We are absolutely on a journey, a journey in the feminine. And I'm even more excited because today I have the honor and blessing of having the woman who inspired me to go on this like full out reclamation of my feminine essence and my feminine energy in 2020 and beyond. And so to have Juliana, who we lovingly call Luna on today's episode is important to me because while we discussed in my conversation with Michelle, like just the reclaiming of like your sexual essence and being and like honoring sexual health as a part of your feminine energy and beginning to like see yourself as a whole package, um, which is physical, mental, um, emotional, and sexual. I also want to bring in with Luna some of the spiritual and some of the universal things in this. And so with that, I'd like to introduce you all to the wonderful Luna, who you'll also get to know more through our conversation. Again, as always, this is a conversation between, I feel like we're like universal siblings. Like we met one time and like, I know you. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, like I felt we, the same. I was like, like <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> it feels like we've known each other forever. Uh, and it literally hasn't even been I a know. year yet. It hasn't. But as you told me in my own reading, when you meet someone and have that connection, parts of you are in each other. So we probably have known each other in another space mm-hmm. and time. And so grateful to have known you in whatever other space and time we knew each other. But to be present with you today is amazing. Luna, so some of y'all are going to be like, you cheated. Everybody's usually over 35. It's not quite with us old heads yet, but she also feels timeless. (laughs) And so I don't even want to date Luna in this conversation. But Luna, as you think about adulthood and as you think about womanhood, what is it that they didn't tell us about this part of life? What did you wish somebody would have told you happened at this part of life, in particular in your life? Oh, hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here. And this is a great question to start with because I'm of Brazilian descent. And Brazilian also means that, you know, all of the mixing like that melting pot of cultural expression is present in me because we have the indigenous presence and we have the European colonizer presence. We have the black presence, which is African people when coming to my country, experience of slavery, such a, a marker for developing our identity as a country. And the rites of passage of people of color, like of Black people in that context, have been completely striped away from our identity consciousness Mm -hmm. as individuals in my country. Me, as a Black woman, for a long time, I struggled with my own 
recognition of identity in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And until I was 17 years old, you know, I hated myself. I was just like so angry all the time. I had all this, of course, trauma from like family structures and, you know, the usual thing that we all go through because of how this culture has uh, established itself as an mainly oppressor culture, especially for young people. The education system, all of the systems that are in place are so dishonoring mm-hmm. of who we really are inside. So when you get to a point in your life, you're just like angry. You're like, yo, everything around me makes no sense because all they're telling me is you have no value. You don't matter until you become someone. Mm. And to me, that's like the most damaging thing that could happen to a young person and a young woman because On top of being a young person, I have the woman aspect to my identity, which is so neglected in society's standards. Mm -hmm. I haven't really had a proper understanding of my body, my physiology, like my menstrual cycles. Like none of that was explained to me in a way that was like, okay, I can embrace this as a part of myself that is valuable and it makes sense to me. It's like I was living in a foreign body in a way, you know? Mm -hmm. And so to recognize that those rites of passage, like those rituals that were so important as a young person to like start to understand the nature of my physiology that is connected to my emotional body, that is connected to my energetic body, all of those connections were kind of like not there for me at the time. Mm. And so I think those are the things that I would wish that I had, like an elder or a person that would come to me and say, hey, you are a whole being, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're not this fragmented thing that society is trying to portray you as because number one, you are an expression of divine consciousness in this world, Mm -hmm. period, like you already point blank period right (laughs) yeah (laughs) that is the starting point exactly (laughs) so yeah i feel like this is what i i would like to kind of like put out there and that's so profound right because i think a lot of times even when we talk about our arrival (laughs) into this hemisphere right a large Mm -hmm. part of even the conversation around the mid-Atlantic slave trade completely neglects the fact that a large population of our ancestors were taken to Brazil, right? And so like even within the kind of conversation yeah, it's around- the majority. Right. <laughs> There's an entire conversation <laughs> and dialogue around like, we probably are cousins <laughs> because probably. one of- either my Nigerian ancestors or Ghanaian or Sierra Leonean, right? Because thank you, 23andMe, like we've begun to be able to parse out where on the continent our origins start. But one of our ancestors at some point was connected and we just went to different parts of the cross-Atlantic journey. And I think what's also really profound about that, right, is like how you then identify like identity as a Brazilian woman, how you then I build yeah. and like grow your identity as as like this divine like being this divine wholesome being 
um, and how you, even to some extent, right, like think about your identity as being now an immigrant woman in New York, right? So like there's so many like layers to this. So many layers, yeah. But the thing that I think drew me to you is the divine. I'll tell you all like a quick, (laughs) a quick and short story of how like Luna and I met. And there's a difference between met and connect. And so like the moment where we connected. So Luna and I are both alum of this program called Reality Israel. We went on different trips. So we weren't on the same trips. And I'd kind of sent out an invitation to our alumni group, our black alumni group saying, hey, hosting an event, if you're interested in coming, please do. And Luna being the good person that she is, the amazing human she is, was like, hey, I have a friend that should be at this event. <laughs> I was like, no, like, you should also come, right? So, like, she was doing outreach for someone else. I was like, you should also come. And she came and she was there. And there's this moment, I don't know how we ended up in the situation where it's just the two of us. So, right, again, it's like, like, blurry, like, I don't know how it happened. But I remember, like... <laughs> Asking you, like, are you a healer? <laughs> and you gotta, you kind of pause and you're like, okay, so you're recognizing this is me. So, yes, I am. And, like, she took my hands and literally picked up on something so, like, deeply personal. I was like, okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so it's like this, like, really, like, important moment for me of, taking a second to pause and like recognize that there is something like deeper about a person or there's something more to a person. And I guess like my question for you is like, how did you begin to like realize that there was something, and I want to call it special. I don't know if (laughs) you feel like that others you, but like that you had like this connection to the divine that you needed to honor. Talk to us a little bit about that journey. Since I'm very, since I was very little, I had this interesting feeling. Like I'm not the type of child that was like talking to other beings and all of those things, mm-hmm. but I just had this innate knowing that I was different, mm-hmm. and it started like sometimes I would have this clear presence like moments of presence where I would like be completely removed from space and time it would be so crystal clear that it's like some veil was like taken away from my eyes and things would like be like a high definition tv kind of like Mm. experience (laughs) (laughs) and the sounds would be so clear I would hear everything and I'll be like wow And I had multiple moments where that happened. And it was something that happened without me really willing it to happen. It would just come through and I'll be like, here it is. Mm. Moments like that and my own inner like knowing were moments of like, okay, there's something beyond this experience that I'm seeing here. And then I realized that whatever I was seeing in the material physical world made no sense at all to me Mm -hmm. i was just like how in the world am i gonna navigate this bullshit (laughs) i was was constantly trying to find ways to fit in because i could not see myself in it like competition made no sense to me Mm. the fact that i had to always kind of like 
step over someone in order to climb up in the ladder. I was always like, why? There's room for everyone. Mm -hmm. And everyone is here with a different purpose. And it's slightly different because the purpose is actually the same. It's to honor who we are. But through that honoring who we are, we start honoring everything that is, which is nature, which is the planet, which is the soil that we step in. And so I started to just be like, okay, if this is how I see the world, then please, whatever like energy that is assuring me of this uh, knowing, <laughs> mm-hmm. can you please show me how to see a way out of it? Because I don't want to be in it. I don't want to try to like conform to it. Mm-hmm. And so this was my life. It was just finding ways to, to you know, navigate things in a kind of like a renegade way. So I never really had like a regular job. Like, you know, like I never experienced those things. One day it just hit me. I was like, oh, so I am everything and everything is me. Mm. And that's when I like dropped from trying to pursue all of the ambitions that were like trying to, you know, I was trying to confirm to. And I just said, okay, now what is the source of this knowing in Mm. my experience? Like as a black person, incarnated in this body here today like show me where my roots are so i can actually refer to those roots and in 2015 i went on a journey to do dna tests through the african ancestry dna test Mm -hmm. uh, process and i found out that i have yoruba and fulani roots and a documentary was Uh, produced at the time and it took me back to my motherland which is Nigeria and somehow I ended up in the Oshun River Hmm. in Oshun State in Oshobo again this is all being guided right this is all just like step by step things are just happening and I'm like in a boat and this boat is being directed by this river situation Mm -hmm. I have no control over this because you know like the production people were the ones doing all of the research, like as a character in the documentary, I can't have like creative control. I'm just like, you know, the character. So the <laughs> Be like, I'm like, doing what I'm told. <laughs> exactly. And so in that regard, I was like, okay, show me what the ways are. And this people, which were completely like removed from, you know, my experience, like the producers and the people working on the show were the ones making the decisions and they took me to all these places. And when I got to those places, like it all started to make sense. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just like thing after thing after thing, just making sense. And so finally I'm like, okay, so this is where I come from. And I went to visit one of the Obas, like one of the authorities in Oshobo. And he did a little ritual where he went on his calabash and asked a bunch of questions to like the ancestors. And sure enough, he tells me, look, you are different. Mm. You've always been, you've known this. And I was like, huh, how so? (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) And he was like, you came into this world with the knowing and that knowing 
for us, Yoruba people, it means royalty. It means you are part of a royal lineage. Mm. You know, like this whole we are queens thing, like it's actually real because when you know who you are, that it makes you stand out from the crowd. But like not knowing who you are from a place of like, I'm the shit is like to be humble enough to release control. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I did not realize that. But since the beginning, because I felt so different, I was like, I don't have any control out of any of this. I just want to release the control. So I'm guided towards the experiences that I, I need to have in order to become more and more aware of that inner knowing. So that's when I realized, okay, this is confirmation. Like, and my ancestors are like, girl, we got you. Right. You're safe. <laughs> so it's interesting, right? Because I, I think about it and I don't know why my brain went technical, <laughs> right? But it's kind of like you had to go home in order to do like that system defrag. So like, you feeling Mm -hmm. different and feeling disconnected and trying to like bring all the parts of yourself together to be whole, right? Not that you weren't necessarily whole, Mm -hmm. but to like have clarity and to get concise about like, oh, this is actually what this is all about. Took Mm -hmm. a couple of things, right? Right, right. A journey. (laughs) So speaking of journey, which I don't, I don't want to make this, but I feel like Luna, like your life from what I know has been like a series of journeys and Journeys yeah. that you've just been super open to, to like guide you to every single place and experience that you needed to get to even like that reckoning of like who you are. And th- that's beautiful, right? Because I think a lot of times, right, especially as I think about like womanhood and like even more specifically like black womanhood, to be a strong black woman means to have control. But even like this morning's um, daily word, which I read every single morning, was like, let go, let God. (laughs) It's just like... The most difficult thing a human being can hear. Right. (laughs) And like, there is actually like real, like the hardest thing, right? You want me to let go um, (laughs) and let God. And it's like, God, I trust you, but you want me to let go? And it's like, it's so counter to the narrative that we've been told around like what strength is and like how you should be functioning Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. how you should be and like what it is to be a strong woman or a strong person. But like for you letting go and trusting because like to let go means that you trust that someone or some being or some like agency of the universe is going to protect you and guide you. Right. Which leads me to like this interesting kind of question and around like, so the premise of like reclaiming your feminine essence. And I won't go too deeply into like what Mm -hmm. the premise of our conversation was because like after Luna and I met at the event, like we then had like a lovely lunch and have just stayed in touch. And I love Luna, like y'all, period. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But we're having a conversation and. To be clear, Suzette in October-ish of 2019 is not the same Suzette in May of 2020. And none of us are exactly the same. But the conversation that we're having, and like when I think about your piece about a defrag um, in order to get Chris, I at the time was talking to Luna about myself in a really fragmented way where I had 
disconnected like parts of me that were seeking like love and like the human connection of like a partner and even like to some extent like the sexual connection of a partner that was completely separate mm-hmm. from who I was as a woman that was like going to work and killing it and doing great things and you're kind of like Luna <laughs> looked at me like girl <laughs> do you know that you're like <laughs> Get them pieces together. <laughs> Did you know that you have like cut a part of yourself off? And I was like, you're like, honey, in Brazil, we don't do that. <laughs> Listen, you, it's all about integration, okay? <laughs> you, sis, I don't know what you strong black women here are doing, but you have completely segmented, siloed, and cut off a part of yourself, right? And you need to reclaim your feminine essence. I was like, damn, I didn't know. (laughs) 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 And like, has changed me since, right? And there are other parts of like transformation that had to happen. Um, A part of it, like a part of my change has been honestly like losing my dad and recognizing Mm -hmm. that in order to like honor him as an ancestor, like I can't be the exact same person that I was then. Period. But mm. in honor, in order to honor myself as a woman, I also can't be that same person I was before that conversation. And I give like all of that kind of backstory to ask you, like, how do we as women come to better honor ourselves in totality? Right? Like, how do we better come to honor to like the tip of our baby toe? <laughs> <laughs> if you believe in like chakras, like the crown chakra, how do we honor all that is womanhood between that space? This is a, a very good question because the main thing is, I mean, I spoke about it in the beginning, is that we've been cut out of our natural beingness, like our nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like society today has been telling us through this very specific patriarchal narrative you must produce, you must become like a man, not only a man, a white man, mm-hmm. like people that have no touch, not really in touch with their emotional bodies. They have not neglected, but like canceled their spiritual practices, their energetic, like knowingness, like everything has been like removed from this beingness that they are expressing in order to serve their best interests, mm. which is money, capitalism, mm-hmm. produce, 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 produce. Mm-hmm. And they've been told us, hey, y'all need to operate in the same manner. And because we want to make it, we mm-hmm. want to be someone. And this is why we go to school, because in school, they're like, you're nobody. Because you're nobody, you need to study, gather this amount of knowledge Mm -hmm. and then start to become quote unquote a white man in order to become someone because it's not granted that you will even Mm -hmm. if you have the phd these masters all the knowledge in the world a huge library in your brain Mm -hmm. you will not be still regarded to that spot of that white person that has created this whole ideal in the first place so this is why we are so taking so many toxins in. Mm-hmm. We have been cut off from who we are in our essential selves. Mm-hmm. And the only way to restructure ourselves back into our real nature 
is to tune in to that nature. Mm -hmm. And that nature is the nature of nature. (laughs) 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 Which is completely connected to a knowledge that doesn't come from this patriarchal narrative that has kind of like sequestered the solar energy, like this masculine energy that people talk about. It's that solar like understanding of living, Mm -hmm. you know, like moving forward and being a winner and never looking back and all those things. Mm -hmm. We are now looking into, okay, what is the part that we neglected again from that narrative? Oh, that lunar understanding, Mm -hmm. that moon-like knowledge and wisdom that comes from the places that we don't really understand Mm -hmm. yet, like the unknown. And how do we tap into that? Because, I mean, if you look at nature, that's what nature does. It follows the moon rhythms. Right. Animals mate, seeds sprout, soil it's fertile and seasons happen like winter happens spring happens summer happens fall happens so how do we get to experience our own summers and winters and falls and springs you know Mm -hmm. because we have that inside of us we have the ability to reproduce life ourselves as women Mm -hmm. we have a uterus that is able to hold another full being and nurture this full being in the course of nine months within us. And the ones that don't have that ability still have the structure in place, which is the symbolic understanding of creation and expansion of that life. So to tune in to that very primal understanding of cyclicalness within ourselves Mm -hmm. already is a major step in this journey to reclaim our femininity. Mm. Because this is what our ancestors did as Black women. You Mm. know, they knew that the moon was their way of tapping into their inner power and really, like, rooting themselves in that inner knowledge, that Mm. wisdom that comes from within. And because we've been so cut off from that, we are in the struggle bus because <laughs> you're like, Wait, I, I, I was deaf on the buses. <laughs> you're like, Hey, I need you to get off. Come, come. <laughs> I was like, come get out of the bus. The bus is not for us. Okay. The bus was designed by the white man. Mm-hmm. Leave the bus. How can we like come out of that idea of I'm here to suffer and to struggle. Mm-hmm. And that also has a lot to do with religion because, mm-hmm. Uh, Christianism, Catholicism has taught us, like, y'all are here to suffer, period. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to repent all day, every day, always confess your sins, talk to another white man about yourselves and shit. Like, wait, is that really what we have to do? Because that is, I mean, it, we see that right now, the world that we're in, 2020, it's been very damaging yeah. for society. You know, like it hasn't really done much good. So something is wrong. I'm not saying it out of just pure hate or whatever people want to call it. It's not hate. Well, it's not hate, right? Like patriarchy is a real thing, right? It's a real thing. There is no feminist theory without like acknowledging patriarchy as a thing. There's no black feminist thought without acknowledging patriarchy as a thing. Right. There's no 
freeing yourself from the bounds of society and what is been constructed and told to us as truth without not acknowledging that it's based in a premise that is not our own, which is patriarchy, right? Right. Um, I do think the religion piece is interesting because I was raised Catholic, right? So my mother Mm -hmm. um, was Anglican until she came to United States of America and then converted to... It's very interesting, right? Because I would say that on a scale of like one to 10, like Anglicanism, you know, to be Anglican has a little bit more... (laughs) It's still very like strict, but had a little bit more like freedom than like kind of the mm. the premise and the tenets of Catholicism. Mm. And then my father, although not practicing the household with us, was Rastafarian. And then he was on some universal path. And then I was 28 when my father converted to like Christianity as his thing, right? He's like, I needed something to anchor. And then he was practicing an, a different kind of Adventist belief before he passed. But saying all this to say, like, I think there's someone that's listening that's like, hey, can you be a Christian and still acknowledge, right? Like, there are other states of being, there are other universal principles and premises that can guide your life that may feel like a little bit conflicting, but are are significant to your awareness. And why I ask this is, right? Like, I'm still very much a Christian, right? So, like, I believe Mm -hmm. in God, I believe that Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ is my Lord and Savior. I am not a practicing mm-hmm. Catholic because I feel mm-hmm. like I'm much more spiritual than religious, mm-hmm. but not even much more spiritual than religious. I am spiritual. I am not religious <laughs> at this point in my life. Right. Although it drives my mom crazy because she's like, hey, <laughs> she's like, okay. And it drives her crazy from the place of like, because I stopped going to church full out when I was 13. Because again, mm-hmm. my mother is like one of those Catholics. that's like, okay, sis, I'm responsible for your soul until you're 13. And then you get mm-hmm. to make the decisions. But drives her like crazy to the point of, I think she's like, okay, I think she's still Christian. I'm not going to push on it. But did you give up anything for Lent? <laughs> so <I'm> like, <laughs> so that's, that's where she is. But just like, how do you get people to like reorient toward like you can believe and you can have a Christian understanding and still acknowledge that? You know, like the Yoruba faith is very like foundational to who we are as a people and important and significant and acknowledging the patterns of the moon. And like you teach the lunar method, but like having like an orientation toward the moon also helps to bring you in more holistically. How do you reconcile that for people? I would say that every kind of religious practice today, and if you go study the roots of Christianity, the roots of Judaism, the roots of you know, any Eastern philosophy, it's like lenses Mm -hmm. of how different cultures interpreted this divine connection Mm -hmm. to our internal knowledge, wisdom, and expression of that divinity within, right? My body, like how my body is a vessel, like the Bible says this, Mm -hmm. you know, your body is a temple, So the materiality of me, it's about holding this anima, which is the soul, the spirit, that spark of life that lives within me and everything around me, every human being, every plant, every animal around me. It doesn't matter what you are into, Mm -hmm. to be honest, as long as you're not oppressing people, number one. Um, let's get that clear let's start clear okay okay you cannot be doing 
fucked up shit in name of no God. This is not what, mm-hmm. you know, acknowledging your divinity is. And as long as you respect that, these are only interpretations mm-hmm. and there is no one truth. There are many truths that all are combined and like read in different ways Mm -hmm. because this is how we are as humans we have a lens that is like completely biased to whatever our experiences are are. Mm -hmm. so our individual experiences are in that way we do behave in a very fragmented kind of way but if we come to the realization that underneath all of those layers of information there is this like inherent essential seed spark Mm -hmm. of life that we all share as components of this incredible network of life in our planet, then we start to act accordingly to who we really, really are at the core. Even if a Jewish person comes to me, coming from that place of wholeness, and looks at me as a black woman from Brazil connecting to the Yoruba understanding of presence in this world, we will be talking the same exact talk Mm -hmm. in different languages, but the underlying information is inherently the same. This is the thing. Like It's about respect. It's about honoring that truth that you are that spark of life that you are it's about community and the people that are joining you in that honoring and so you all can move together and honor the earth and honor where we step in you know like it's a completely different experience Mm -hmm. so i don't think religion is actually a bad thing i just think it has developed as a toxic thing because the roots of the word religion is religare. Mm-hmm. In Latin, means reconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, so how people have been reconnecting, it has been very, like it has had a lot of interference of agendas mm-hmm. that are agendas completely outside of learning about that inner knowledge and that inner truth. And there are much more about controlling, oppressing, power dynamics, Mm. politics, all of those things that are like not related to any of what I am speaking of from my heart. Does that make sense? It makes tons of sense, right? And I I think about even like what connecting with that core kind of light meant for you and going to Nigeria and recognizing that as a home space for you, right? Um, Yeah. Because it is when you are open and you allow yourself to connect with that, you'll recognize that there are places where you have just a much more grounded universal connection than you realize. Right. So I even think about the first time I went to South Africa and this was before Mm -hmm. I'd even ever done a 23 in me. I felt like this immediate connection to this is a home place. Like my soul, my spirit felt connected And then, like, you add on, like, when you're there, like, the people genuinely just embrace you in terms of, like, in a world where, like, I'm used to, like, seeing myself as a Black woman 
people just automatically assumed I was South African. And so mm-hmm. when they distinguish me, it's, oh, you speak with a foreign tongue, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So it's not because you look different. It's um, right. most people assume, oh, I'm Gosa. But then I speak and it's like, oh, no, you're just not from here. <laughs> right? right? So like, that's a different connection point. But even like being in a space where um, when I went to Israel and more specifically, because that, that trip is... It's an Girl, experience. That trip. <laughs> Listen, I t- stepped in that land. My whole shit was rocking. I was having all kinds of experience. Ask my people that were in my trip. They had to carry me a bunch of times. They were like, Luna, let's go. Because I was about to stay in the desert. Like, oh, my God. In the desert. Yes. But, <laughs> but Jerusalem. And like, I know Jerusalem is a holy land, not because somebody told me, but like, mm-hmm. I recognize God there. And like, mm-hmm. there are so mm-hmm. many, like when you're in Jerusalem, there are so many like different like reckonings of like, you have the Muslim population and then you have the Jewish population and then you have the Christian population. But like more so than that, being open to like, I recognize and I feel God here and I'm just me. Right. Christian. Right. So how does a woman give herself so yes you have to defrag you have to like be open you have to connect to universal but how do you give yourself permission luna to connect cuz somebody's like okay i want to try this <laughs> but how do i give myself permission to do this how do you give yourself permission to say yes i'm ready to connect with all that is me mm wow Yeah. To me, it comes from a yearning. Mm. It comes from a soul yearning. People are in a situation right now where they cannot name it. They cannot pinpoint it, put a a finger on it, but they are itching for whatever this is. And I hear it from different people that come to my workshops, to my classes. Like I start talking and I would see people breaking in tears and I'm like, Literally, in my mind, I'm saying like, hey, how are you? People are hearing like, snatch my soul. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy. Forget the edges. You give people (laughs) souls, girl. Okay. (laughs) You'll be snatching my soul out of me. And I'm literally just saying like basic shit. And people are like receiving it with such an open heart and like saying to me, I've been feeling this for my whole life, but I haven't been able to express it. Like I couldn't put words on it. And today coming to your class, listening to you just like ignited this spark in me. Luna, I want to pause you there because I've witnessed this. So Luna had a workshop (laughs) in, was that February? Yeah, February. February. And this man had literally... Did not know who Luna was. So this is like Sunday at 7 in the afternoon. He had listened to a podcast on a drive back from, I guess, upstate New York that Luna was on. Googled her, found out she had a class that night, and came. Drove straight to the class. So his journey. Not knowing shit. Not knowing anything. He's like, I literally just heard you speak today. (laughs) And the universe conspired. Mm-hmm. to make it possible. Talk mm-hmm. about manifest. I want to hear more from her and I get to hear from her live tonight in Brooklyn. 
I'm gonna be there. <laughs> Didn't mean to cut off your thought process, but I'm like, I've witnessed that. <laughs> I've witnessed the, witnessed the power of yeah. like what it is you allow people to connect to happen in real time. Even in this podcast that you're mentioning, it's in Portuguese. It's one of the most known platforms, podcast platforms and hosts in my country called Mamilos, which literally means nipples. <laughs> it's two women <laughs> talking about different things, politics. Uh, and then they invited me to speak. And as soon as I started the podcast, it was like about traveling. It was a whole like really like not about you know spirituality and none of this stuff but because it's me and my life like I travel I'm spiritual traveling like I don't disassociate my spirituality from eating and drinking and traveling and sitting on the couch crying everything in me is spiritual so I mean I'm a soul having an experience out here in this body of mine so how powerful it was that as soon as I started talking, people hit me up like when they listened to it. I had hundreds and thousands of messages coming to me being like, you touched me in, in a way I cannot explain. And I was like, wait a minute. I wasn't even telling people like, hey, go to the water, baptize, none of this shit. <laughs> I was just like, hey, I traveled and it was amazing. I had such a great time, you know, and I got to know more about me and who I am and my roots. And I lived like that. So it's been such a beautiful experience because this is the embodiment mm -hmm. of that light. It doesn't really mean that I'm not going to go through what people go through. It doesn't really mean that my life is not going to get uh, hardships or I'm this like special like enlightened person or whatever it just means that through those challenges through those circumstances that might not be so great I have support mm -hmm. and the support is within me I don't have to reach outside to get none of the support that I need and I have the knowing that as soon as I tap into that source of support all is good I'm chilling so it's honor the yearning Right. Mm -hmm. Honor the yearning. Trust that as soon as you honor that yearning, the answers will come. Mm. Because this is the other thing. I see people reaching and reaching like desperately. Mm -hmm. And that desperation sometimes can lead to a road of a lot of unnecessary shit. And when I say <laughs> unnecessary Listen, everything is necessary, okay? So even if you have to go down that road, right. girl, you will be dragged and it's all good. Right. You're going to come out of it and be like, oh shit, I could have just turned left instead of turning right. But it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's fine. But as soon as you do that calling and say, okay, I see that I have the yearning. Mm -hmm. Show me what are the options for me to connect. Mm -hmm. And show me, like, clearly in a way that I'm going to understand. I don't have any doubts. like, And that it's going to present itself to you. It's going to be like, hey, here, you asked for it. Boom. Have it. Mm. And so that's how you take the steps. And as soon as you start taking those steps, the trust becomes a bit more strong. Your intuition starts to kick in a bit more. Mm -hmm. 
And you start building and building and building a structure that eventually you be very, and you will not need to go too far in order to experience the beauty of who you are. Like you will have experiences cooking. You will have experiences sitting in your couch or cleaning your house. Mm-hmm. I have experiences just fucking doing anything in my house <laughs> by myself. Even, I told you as soon as we started the call, this is offline, of course, it's not on the record. But I was at home and I had an experience by myself in my house. Mm-hmm. You know, with someone that came to just say what's up to me. Someone I've never met in my lineage. Mm. My great grandmother was like, hey, baby, I'm here to show you how to be strong. And I was like, hey, great grandma, (laughs) never met you, but I miss you so much, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's just really wonderful to have this connection manifesting. (laughs) I love that. I want you to clarify, because you clarified Mm -hmm. this. So to be clear, like, She's my sister. I'm also her client. <laughs> now, I was like, I told her, I was like, Luna, I, I just need to be a client. Um, and we'll talk about how you support clients in a second. But I had, so we, we did a reading and my question for Luna was like, actually, like, what is the proper way to manifest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> let's just be real. Like a lot of what's top of mind for women, especially like single women is, how do I manifest this man, sis? And so, like, here's what I, I want you to demystify what manifestation actually is and means and the state of being that you have to be in. Because something that you just said that I want to be clear about is, like, you can say it and let it go, or you can say it and then be overreaching mm-hmm. and be drugged through, like, toxic relationships and all that other stuff. So like clarify for us, like what actual manifestation is, looks like, and feels like. Okay. This is an interesting question because you know, what I see today is that all the spirituality techniques that are out there, like available for people are very much about manifesting the life that you deserve and you want and you dreamed of. Mm -hmm. In my humble experience, manifestation is a very simple process. Mm -hmm. It comes from embodiment. When you embody the valuable person that you are, the closest you get to that core center that is the shiniest of shine, like the gold that shines the most, Mm -hmm. you have to go through the layers of stuff that has been like, stopping you from accessing the gold Mm -hmm. so layer one it's like okay i'm attracting all the shitty relationships and it's a fucking mess and when they come to you it's just to show you hey you've been treating yourself like this Mm. and then you were like but this man but this woman but this blah 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 blah, like like Okay, I get it. This other person is really mirroring the experience to you, but let's leave them alone with their own shit and come back to yourself. What is it that you are embodying? What is it that in your body you are expressing that is connecting to someone that is treating you like that? Mm. And then that question is like, 
oh, so do I have to be my own man in that regard? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do I have to be my own girlfriend, my own woman in that regard? Uh, Yeah. Like be your own nurturer in every possible level you can imagine. And as soon as that settles in, another layer of that gunk has been cleared out. And then you go to the second layer and it gets more fun because you like get to experience more of the beauty that is within you reflected in the people that you start to connect with. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you rip out all those layers, then you realize, oh, so this is all about me choosing. Mm. And the choice is the most beautiful thing because it comes from you, but it also comes from the person that you will be interacting with, which is like your person, your partner, your man, your woman, whoever. So whenever this person is here, you will have a solid understanding of what is it that makes you super happy, pleases you in all the ways And you will be able to say, okay, I can learn something new with this person and go deeper into that sense of pleasure and love and nurturing with this person because I feel safe around this person. I am not like coming out of that place of lack and like all those gunky ass layers, but I'm now like understanding my wholeness and I can share that with another person because I decided to do so in a healthy, beautiful way that is completely boundless. Like the, the combinations of potentiality are infinite Mm. when we are in that space. So we are not going to be repeating the patterns from our family structures and the old stuff that we are all conditioned to do. Mm -hmm. It's the place of presence. It's the place of, wow, I'm here. Okay. I see it. To be clear, I'm single, okay? Y'all, don't be imagining that I have a fucking African king sitting in my bedroom with the leaves and shit just waiting for me to show up. <laughs> just like, not yet, you know, Lena. I have a watch. He's coming. Not yet. Working on it. Working on them layers. This is what I'm doing. Working on, the, on them layers. And not being so Oh, we need to myself. get that on a shirt. <laughs> that is hashtag working on them layers. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I love hashtag it. Hashtag merch. <laughs> Luna <Listen>. said it. <laughs> Quote me, okay? Yeah, like, I just feel like it's a journey. And it's about fun. And it's about pleasure. It's about joy. Like, we have to stop with this feeling of, we got to suffer in order to get what we want. We don't. We really don't. And when we start feeling that in our bodies, that the reality within, like, around us will, like, transform instantly. So it's not about the mind anymore. This is what people have to understand in this day and time. It's about the body, the embodiment of whatever it is that you desire. Because the mind thing was, like, you know, the all of those books and uh, self-help things, like, if you think you are happy, you will be happy. Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it actually still takes some work. Yes. It takes work. So, it takes 
feeling happy inside and in your body. Manifestation takes work. So no amount of writing um, affirmations, Mm -hmm. (laughs) no amount of writing affirmations, you actually have to be living the affirmations. Living the affirmations and trusting that you will have fun while living the affirmations. Another thing is we feel too guilty in order to have fun and that shit gets in our way. Listen, I just want y'all to know Luna had read me for filth. So he's talking about soul. She does also snatch edges. She snatches souls, but she does snatch edges. <laughs> so, because she had to get me together earlier this week. She's like, so yeah, that those things that are still about you that exist from your old self that are those bad habits, <laughs> a little box released during the new moon. Because sis, I know that you still be out here like, I ain't going to call him back. <laughs> <laughs> he, he texts me. I will never text him again. She's like, no, 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 sis. That's old you. I was like, oh. I was like, how do you know me? Wait, how did you know I was still doing that? Because <laughs> Luna, we know it. it which, which leads me to a really uh, great transition question because I want to make sure people are clear. How do you work with clients? Like, what is the support that you offer to clients, um, both kind of in, individually, but then also some of the workshops that you offer? Okay. I have a bunch of different ways that I support people in their journeys. First of all, I'm not a guru, okay? I don't want people coming to be like, yeah, she's going to save me from myself. Nope. You still got to do a lot of work. I'm just going to like tell you, hey, do you think this is okay? Like, I'm going to ask the right questions and be like, it's up to you. And those questions come to me as I'm speaking to you because I have no way of knowing, like I'm not a diviner. If you are interacting with me and our energies are like bouncing off from one another, then I get information. And that information translates into the questions that I can ask you that will make you like, oh, wait a minute. Let me go back on that. You know, like, Mm -hmm. let me revise that. Let me go dig deeper into that. So you're going to take that into your therapy session, through your yoga classes, through your meditations, like. It's just information for you to be more aware of yourself and then connect more into that inner wholeness and that inner knowing that is yours as a birthright. Mm -hmm. So I have the readings that I give people that are the intuitive readings that Suzette encouraged me to do. She's my, (laughs) she's my sponsor on that. (laughs) Listen, so talking about, as so you it's like an infomercial as a client of Luna's no but literally right so like our reading was Monday and I took the reading notes into and I wasn't actually physically taking notes I was present for the conversation but like my takeaways from the reading to therapy because I had therapy on Tuesday Mm -hmm. she's like Mm -hmm. my therapist was like shit maybe I need a reading too because (laughs) (laughs) to be clear like what I want you all to hear is it's not like Luna's like Miss Cleoing it, right? <laughs> right? Like, it's not like I'm looking Who at is this? You don't know who Miss Cleo is? No. Oh, girl. I'll have to send you some YouTube videos. Miss Cleo was this Jamaican woman that did these commercials back in the day where she's like, call me now for your reading. And so, she, <laughs> <laughs> so oh my God, um, I would love to do I, that. I no, you are that. not going to do a call me now video. Like, call uh, me now okay, for okay. your reading. And then like, you're like, Miss Cleo, like, pull my cards. But like, it's very. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yes. So and I'm over talking now, but like the, the readings are very much like precise with like giving you like a, a fuller understanding of like where you're at. Yeah. And what you're aspiring to. So yes. Right. That is one of the ways I support people in their journeys. Another way is through my classes, my lunar method classes. So the Aluna method is a framework for self-awareness. I teach people how to connect back into that moon wisdom mm -hmm. and see the world through that moon wisdom all through the Yoruba perspective. So the technology that I use is based on Yoruba um, understanding of life and how their science and their way of living was completely tuned in to that nature um, part of ourselves. So Yoruba philosophy, a lunar method, that's lunar charts. That's what I teach. I teach it on a group basis. I teach it on an individual basis. And yeah, this is how I'm like living my purpose. I support people in their journeys. I love that. <laughs> so, Luna, we're going to take a really quick break because I want to get to yeah. um, some piping hop topics. So okay. we'll take a little bit of a break and then we'll come back. But yes, I've been to our workshops. I am a client. Call me now. Oh, no, do not. Um, but we are working <laughs> on them now. layers. We are working on them layers. <laughs> And we're back. I would be remiss if we didn't talk about quarantine life. Okay. And I think the first thing I want to ask you about, like, just how people can be thinking about this time. And I think I've told you very transparently, I'm at peace. Like, I'm so chill right now in terms of, like, the quarantine. Like, I don't, the things that I probably yearn for are the part, the things that are, like, parts of me that are, like, me, right? Making sure my hair is done and my nails, right? Like, I'm like, I don't know about this quarantine, that, but otherwise, like, super chill. I'm, like, easy breezy. I'm, like, universe, I'm listening, ordering my Amazon, I'm good. I want to honor that there are people at different states of emotional um, well-being, mental well-being, physical well-being. My question to you is, like, what is it that people can be doing to heal themselves during this quarantine? Because I think this is, for me, as like, God said, skirt, skirt, hitting red light for everyone. <laughs> Be still. For real. And maybe the better question is, Luna, I'm going to start actually with that. How can people work to be still right now? Yeah, that is the, I think I was going to go to that, but I'm glad that you came to that question first. Because first of all, there's a lot of romanticization of this quarantine situation happening. People are like, yeah, and nature is renewing itself. I'm like, uh, nature has been renewing itself since maybe like three million years ago. <laughs> nature didn't start renewing itself because we stopped being assholes. Then another thing is another misconception, like this romantic idea. It's like, oh, yeah, now people are forced to sit in their homes and deal with their own stuff. And I'm like, do you really think an individual that has been running away from dealing with its layers <laughs> and it's been out in the world? They have been working on their layers. 
I mean, do you really think this person's gonna sit in the house and be like, now I'm gonna work? No, people don't even know how to get there. Like there is no roadmap for these people to actually access anything. And guess what? Even if there were, it's scary as fuck. Imagine you're a racist ass person that has been living this really selfish life and you got to sit with it and like magically be like, and I'm going to deal with all of that. Not happening. So a lot of what's happening now is women's uh, violence, like domestic violence has rumped up to the, to the roofs Mm -hmm. because women are in their households having to work with men that have been like, completely disconnected from their emotional bodies and now that all of this stuff is like coming to the surface Mm -hmm. women are the ones getting the short end of the stick one more time being abused by their partners in the households having to show up to meetings as if nothing happened when children are jumping up and down having to educate all these people in the house like all of that is a lot Mm -hmm. so I don't know if we're actually living um, life in a sustainable way. If anything, this virus has come to us to be like, whatever y'all doing needs to like, all the structures need to change because the structures that are in place are just failing a lot of people. Some people are doing pretty good. I mean, I'm doing pretty good. You're doing pretty good. Like, I live by myself. I don't have children, family, uh, anything in my interpersonal sphere that is like somehow triggering like the trauma that I have. So it's way easier for me to like deal with it at a pace. Mm -hmm. But some people are like majority of people are being triggered left and right. And there's no pace. Like everything is just coming up to the surface all at once. Mm -hmm. So what do you do with that? Like, Depression, anxiety, suicide, all of those things are real things now, let alone people dying out of the virus. Mm -hmm. You know, people can just jump out of windows at any second because they can't deal with whatever it is that is within them. Mm -hmm. And it's being triggered. So there, to me, like to sit in stillness really means like analyzing what are those things that are not working. Mm -hmm. If it's in a strategic way, like, okay, if I have to schedule my whole day around having it one hour to do something that nurtures me, let alone maybe one hour is too much for some people. Well, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, five minutes to like do something that you enjoy, that you are, you know, that nurtures you. Mm -hmm. And that's stillness for me to feel like I can be nurturing to myself, to feel like I can breathe. I give myself that permission. Mm -hmm. And when I give myself that permission, I start slowly, but surely increasing the trust within me, in myself, not in anything else in myself. Like, okay, I can do one more day. And like that, my own inner strength starts to manifest through me mm-hmm. and teach me that I can let go of the structures that are not serving me anymore. Mm-hmm. And the behaviors and the things that I used to do 
that are not for my highest good and the highest good of the people around me. And then everyone around me would notice that shift. And if I have the authority in that place, if I am a mother, if I am a member of a family, I can sit down and be like, listen, y'all, whatever is happening out here is not working for me. Mm-hmm. You, y'all can be doing y'all like that's that's you. But I'm going to tell you that this is how I'm going to live my life now because I'm trying to keep myself in a sane in a sane place. Right. Just being able to stand up for yourself and speak up for yourself means stillness for some people. Yeah. Because people don't know how to be still. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the first time a lot of people have ever had to be still, but more importantly, have to acknowledge and see themselves is like really mm-hmm. kind of foundational to what you said. And there are people that are coming to a place of like learning what it means to actually be self-aware, <laughs> right? Because self-awareness right. is what foundational to what emotional that, right? intelligence. People are also finding like they're not emotionally intelligent with themselves, right? much less kind of a broader kind of society. So for you, mm-hmm. in order to heal, you must first become still. Mm-hmm. Because I think some of it too is to a, a point that you made. It's this. Um, it's kind of like an over reliance on like being productive. Like I have to produce and show something in order to validate yeah. who I am and what I bring. That's the narrative, right? <laughs> and so yeah, now that's the narrative. It's actually like you would actually be much more valuable to yourself if you would just be still, because there's nothing. Yeah. To prove <laughs> to anybody, right? Who you gonna prove? There's no cute outfits you have to wear no more. What you gonna do without the cute outfits and all of the beautiful makeup things that you used to put up to go out to prove that you are beautiful and you're valuable? Right, like that. Those things are just innately like in you, right? And do want to honor and acknowledge, like, there is, like, um, David and I had actually done um, a conversation with Paul Brunson and Janice, and he also talked about just the upswing and the uptick in domestic violence because of the situation that we're in. And so just mm-hmm. momentarily want to honor, like, that. But once we're still, like, what do we do with it? Like, how do we honor, right? Something that you continue to say that I love is, like, I honor. Once you've honored the stillness, what next? What should people be thinking about next? Making space. Mm -hmm. You know, we have been completely overwhelmed with information, with consumption, with... And consumption in many ways, like material consumption, data consumption. Like, we are on Instagram every 15 seconds. We have different information coming through. Every 10 (laughs) seconds. I... I've done this. My phone, my internet here is really shady in my house right now because I just moved to this new place, whatever. So sometimes I'm like scrolling and my shit doesn't like update like quick enough and I get impatient. Mm. Not even five seconds have passed and I'm like, oh, this is not working. Oh, this internet. And I'm like, Luna, step back. What is this? We have this ability to really like cramp up our nervous systems with information. And so a lot of us have been working on that edge because we are overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And if we learn how to make space, and now we're speaking about nervous system, right? So that reaction, reactivity, like 
impulsive impulsive uh, reaction comes from that overwhelmed sympathetic nervous system, which is our rapid response to stress and danger. Mm -hmm. So what do we do to counterbalance, right? We counterbalance through the parasympathetic uh, nervous system, which is the one that actually is connected to breathing, to relaxing, to feeling safe, that feeling of safety is the, is the antithesis, it's the opposite. So the, the, the sympathetic nervous system represented by the solar perspective, which is completely like, go, 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 produce, produce, produce. And then this other one that is related to the lunar perspective, which is the moon's energy that is more receptive and more, you know, it's intuitive and, and relaxing. So we do have to make space, decramp <laughs> our nervous systems and be more comfortable in like that other mode, which is the relaxation mode. Because when we are relaxed, what happens? We are receptive. Mm -hmm. So we are not seeking anymore, but we are sitting in receptivity. And that's when the magic happens. Mm -hmm. Because when we are open to receive the gifts arrive. Mm. So we still make space. Make space. Be open to receive. Be open to receive. And see, watch what. It's wonderful. Be hmm. still make space. Be open to receive. And be ready for the wondrous. Be open to receive. Yeah. Be ready. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so what advice do you have and I know that you've told everyone that you're single now. That's fine. You still have inside perspective <laughs> on this. I might be asking for a friend, maybe not asking for a friend, might be asking for myself. We all know, I'm not, listen, I'm not. <laughs> listen, my cards reaffirmed what I've already told y'all, what Tosh told me as well. I'm not meeting my man on an app. <laughs> Card said it, Luna said it, Universe said it. But, like, for people that are trying to navigate, like, relationships, mm. what maybe advice do you have for them in terms of, like, you just told me to be still, create space, be open. A part of what I'm hoping I'm open for is, like, a relationship and not necessarily me. That's more of a generic I. Like, what advice do you have for folks that are trying to navigate, build a meaningful, like, life partnership or relationship in this space and time right now? Mm. Learn what makes you feel good. Mm make very specific notes <laughs> of what makes you feel good because if you keep yourself in that note of like ooh mm, yummy mm, i like this then more of that can be created because you have space to create more of that and remember what we spoke about manifesting manifesting is embodiment it's mm -hmm. when you are being it then it mirrors back to you because it's just a reflection of who you are. So if you are in a relationship, and again, this is all about communication. This is all about honesty and vulnerability because it's like, okay, maybe something that my partner has been doing that I, it doesn't really make me feel that yumminess, but I've put up with it because that's just what we do in a relationship, right? You just put up with shit. <laughs> that's our old conditioning speaking mm -hmm. but then 
this new configuration is like, no, I'm whole. I don't even need to be in a relationship in the first place <laughs> to be happy yeah. because, you know, I already feel that goodness within. So I'm actually sharing this experience with someone else and being like, hey, do you want to join me in this adventure? And this other person is doing the same to me. So if we are doing this together, we can bounce off each other ideas. Like, hey, what do you think about this? Do you think this is fun? Oh, I would like this because it makes me really like excited and I'm like, woo, about it. And so that's how like you build this space of playfulness and joy and pleasure for two people to inhabit. And of course, the challenges will come. And of course, you know, shit's going to be like thrown on the fan. But if you are living in that more relaxed space, then you have space Mm. to deal with whatever arises. And you're not cramped up into this like, ah, like rage kind of like, you know, experience. So I would say, yeah, just enjoy yourselves. Find ways to share that playfulness and that pleasure and that joy in a way that makes you feel good and yummy and comfortable. I love that, Luna. (laughs) So now I always close every episode asking my guests, to give um, a little bit of tea and what that is, is you essentially giving advice to your younger self. And I know you kind of maybe started our conversation with that, but is there anything that you would just want to tell your younger self about being or living that would just like have been like, wow, for you? Mm. I just want to say thank you to my younger self. Mm. Come on, gratitude. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being so courageous and for asking questions because she was curious and still is. I mean, we're in it together. And um, that's all I have to say to her because every little turn, every little, you know, road block, everything that happened in my life was perfect. It has brought me here to this place of wholeness that I inhabit today. So I just want to say thank you. And I just want to say thank you. That was beautiful. (laughs) Uh, Luna, um, Juliana, thank you so much um, for sharing. I know you say that you don't want to be called a guru, but you are absolutely a wise being that I deeply appreciate. And I hope all of my listeners appreciate as well and so until the next time folks thank you again luna for inspiring this i love you journey i love you too sis this is amazing take care everyone see you soon thank you for joining us for this episode of the iced coffee confessions we'd love to stay in touch with you you can find us on social media via facebook at iced coffee confessions or on instagram at the real iced coffee confessions see you soon